one. Today, as we do that, I want to just uh, for you to see as we, we take a look at the comeback, uh, don't give up now. Don't stop. Continue. Don't quit. God has a plan for you and your life. And as we experience that together today, I pray that this word will just anoint your heart, will touch your life, will t- will minister to you in an incredible way. And uh, as we do that, I want to remind you that this really is about uh, every setback that you and I have ever encountered or that we may encounter in the future. Uh, God wants to turn that comeback in those moments. Really, we need to turn our moments of doubt and fear into times of triumph. God wants you to triumph. He wants you to be victorious. Now, when, he, when I say that, that doesn't mean we're not going to we're going to live a life without trial. We're going to live a life without adversity. But it's through that adversity that God does something incredible in our lives. Through the adversities that we walk through, God does something powerful in us and through us. We grow. Remember the quote from a few weeks ago from, from Willie Jolly. He says this, Adversity and challenges are life's way of creating strength. Adversity creates challenge, and challenge creates change, and change is absolutely necessary for growth. If there is no change and no challenge, there can be no growth or development. I believe that God wants to develop you. He wants us to grow. And when we encounter life's hardships, there's a purpose in that as we walk through those times. I I believe that God wants us to grow through the valley. He doesn't want us to just go through the valley. He wants us to grow as we go through the valley. Sometimes we encounter a, a mountain in front of us. It looks insurmountable. It's, it's large. It's a, it might be a setback, an obstacle, a hurt, a pain, whatever that is. And, and when that mountain is there, the Lord helps us as we declare, this mountain be moved. And God moves those mountains. He helps us. He walks with us. But the adversity and the challenges of life are something many times not to just discount. Not to just hope they get by. Boy, I can't wait to get through this season. The question is, is how are we growing? How are we changing? How are we developing? Because I do believe that as we go through the valley, over the mountains of life, all the different things, He wants us to be better than we've ever been before. He wants us to come out on the other side better than we were when we went through it. I believe that walking through this past year, you and I have had an incredible opportunity to go deep, to go deeper into our own walk and our own relationship with Jesus, to to dive in and say, God, where are you? And and how do I tap into you and who you are? And Lord, though I've encountered some setbacks, though I've encountered some losses, though I haven't been able to live my life like I would want to live my life. Lord, I know that You have a comeback in store for me. I know that You have good things coming around the corner. Help me to grow in who I am and to develop through that. We learned in the first week an incredible story of David that, that really in his comeback story, it taught us patience. That sometimes we have to apply patience to our lives. And that's not always easy, is it? And that's not always easy. Patience isn't something that, that uh, is, is, it's developed many times because we, we don't want to wait. Uh, waiting is not fun. I don't like to wait. When I go out to a restaurant, I don't want to wait too long for my food. Do you? We don't want to wait for an answer. We want it right now. We text somebody and we send them a question and we get irritated if they don't respond within about 30 seconds. Where are you? You've always got your phone in your hand at all times. I know you saw my text. Because we don't want to wait. David gives us an incredible picture of not stepping out and running ahead of God, but waiting in His timing. Sometimes that can be very difficult. But the patience is necessary for the comeback. For God's plan to unfold. How many of you know it's not based on our timing, our wants, our desires? God has a plan. And many times in the waiting, as David did, he developed, he developed 
perseverance. He had a time of preparation. God began to prepare his heart because he had something great in store for him. He was to be king, but he had to go through a preparation. He had to be chased. And as he was in those moments, he learned, he grew, he developed. He became a man after God's own heart. We learn from Daniel how, how important as we go through the, the, the comebacks of life, as we overcome some of these setbacks that we encounter from time to time, that there's this key that we have to apply to our life, and that is to be obedient to God's Word, to be obedient to the Lord, obedience and walking in obedience just as Daniel did. He obeyed the Lord. He didn't let anyone stop him from praying, from seeking God, from doing what he was called to do. He, he walked with the Lord and, 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 and the customs, the culture didn't define his relationship with Jesus. Listen, this world does not define our relationship with Jesus. Doesn't define who we are. We, we walk in that obedience. God, help us as your children. Help us to walk in obedience with you. Today, we further the story we go further in the story that Pastor Brian launched us into last week as we began the story of Joseph and, and how he was sold into slavery. He had an incredible setback. And we learned how, how to be an overcomer. We learned how to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and not all the problems that we've encountered. And we learned how to really be a part of someone else's comeback. Today, we continue that story and we, we learn from Joseph two incredible words. And that is, we learn how to trust and how to forgive and how important these two ingredients are in our faith and our walk with the Lord when it comes to achieving and encountering an incredible comeback story. In fact, I want to turn your eyes towards this story. You'll find it in Genesis chapter 45. We're about seven chapters after the story that, that we looked at last week, and now we're kind of culminating to the end of the story. We're jumping ahead to the very end. We're going to read 11 verses. We're going to read chapter 45, verse 1 through 11, and I would love for you to follow along with me, or if you have your Bible, take it and, and, and follow along, mark it, highlight it, check this story out, and apply it to your life. Listen to this as we read it together in Genesis chapter 45, beginning in verse 1. Joseph could stand it no longer. Have you ever been there? You ever been in a situation, I can't take it any longer. Joseph in this moment as his brothers have come and, and they're in trouble, famine has hit the land, God has given Joseph wisdom in order to put all the grain and, and to store up. And there were going to be seven years of famine and here they are about two years in and, and, and his brothers show up in front of him. And he says, and here it says, Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room. And he said to his attendants, out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him. And word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. Said, I am Joseph. I am Joseph. So here he declares to his brothers, It's me. I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. They were stunned in that moment. They said, he said, please come closer. So they came closer. And he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold excuse me, into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God. Would you say that with me? It was God. Come on, say it again. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your 
lives. What an incredible story of Joseph putting his trust in God and forgiving those who meant him harm. These men meant, they're his brothers, they pondered murdering him. Instead, they sold him into slavery. They meant for harm, and here he declares his trust in God. The story continues. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years, and there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God has sent me. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your family alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was, so it was God who sent me here, not you. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made, an advi- made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. How does that even happen? Sold into slavery put into prison, all of a sudden he is the second most powerful man in the most powerful uh, kingdom in the world and as it was developing in Egypt of that time, just an incredible thing. Here he is in that moment, it was God who sent me here. And I am here because he had a purpose and a plan for my life. Though there was a setback and I didn't like it. Though there was a difficulty and an obstacle. Though I would never choose that for myself. I find myself here. And I can look back at the faithful hand of God who has led me to this point. And I see now it is to save my own family. And those who are here. A story of trust in God. And a story of forgiveness for a major wrong that was done to him. He declares to them, now hurry. Now hurry back to my father and tell him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master over all the land of Egypt. So come down to me immediately. You can live in the region of Goshen where you can be near me with all your children and grandchildren, your flocks and your herds and everything you own. I will take care of you there. For there are still five years of famine ahead of us. Otherwise, you, your household, and all your animals will starve. That is the story that we look at today. As we embark upon a comeback journey in this year, in our lives, wherever it is that you find yourself, as you walk through this life, as you walk through the situations that you do, I want you to understand there is a powerful teaching, there's a powerful lesson here in the world of of, that we live in today. This took place so long ago, and yet today this story, I believe, rings true for each and every one of us. As we look at this story, uh, I'm reminded of the words that, that we've talked about each week. We talked about the first week. We talked about being, as we endeavor to ascribe patience into our lives, Lord, help us to be unoffendable. Help us to be a people who are not easily offended. That we will not give in to offense. No one, nothing will cause us to be offended. A few weeks ago, we looked at the word being undaunted. Undaunted means not be intimidated, to not be intimidated or discouraged by difficulty, danger, or disappointment. I believe that God has called us as His followers to live unoffendable, to live in this world undaunted because our God can do all things. There is nothing that He cannot do. We are undaunted. There is no danger, no difficulty or disappointment that can stop us today. I want you to see this word. This word is is undeterred. I believe that we need to live undeterred. Let Let me give you the definition of this word. It means to be not discouraged or prevented from acting. 
When difficulties arise, many times we have trouble moving forward, moving past the hurt from the setback. In fact, we don't act. We don't move forward because we have been deterred by our circumstances. We have been deterred by the things that are happening around us. We have been deterred by pain, by hurt feelings, by an obstacle or a mountain that stands before us, by a, maybe a financial setback has deterred us in some way. I want you to know, that, and I want you to see this, this, uh, this quote. I, I love this quote, and I believe it to be true. The past is a place of reference, not a place of residence. The past is a place of reference, not a place of residence. Too many people are trapped by their past. Not us. Not God's people. We will not be deterred by our past. It is a reference point. It is something that we look back as a reference point because it shows us how awesome our God is. What He is capable of. Look what He has brought us through. It is a reference point. We will not be trapped living in our past. In fact, I think that we should declare today that we will look forward with hope, not backward with regret. You know how easy that is? I think if I asked this question, every single person in this room would, would answer it with absolutely. If I asked you if you have a regret in life, if you have a regret over a decision you made, if you have a regret, we, we understand that. We, we do. We have regrets. But if we allow our regrets to keep us from moving forward, if we allow our regrets to say, well, I guess God can't use me now. I mean, I really messed up. I really did this, uh, you know, my, my life, this thing, that thing, whatever it is. Man, I, I messed up my, my, my marriage. I messed up my home. I, I have a lot of regrets. I, I did those things. So we can either stay trapped in our regret or we can allow God to begin to work in our hearts and our lives and move us into the place that He has called us to be, to grow, to change. Let the adversity affect us. Let it move us that we might be better, that we might be stronger. This church has a great comeback story. It is not finished. It is still being written. If you were here just a few short years ago, you, you would know that this church has encountered an incredible comeback. If you were here six years ago, there wasn't a sound system in this room. If you were here six years ago, there, there, there was water leaking almost in every ceiling. There, were, there was water entering our facility in about 100 different points of water coming into our building. If you were here a few years ago, we didn't have a parking lot. We didn't have parking lot lights. We didn't have a sign. We didn't have a, a you know, you, you take a look at, at the comeback of what God is doing. He is moving. Guess what? It's a picture of what He's doing in hearts and lives. He's restoring. God is restoring. God restores. God returns. God replenishes. God revitalizes. God does not want your past to be a place of residence. He wants your past to be a reference to remember how awesome our God is. Lord, may we remember Your hand, Your goodness. Move us to that place. I want you to know, and I want to declare it over every single person in this room, He is taking you somewhere. He is taking you somewhere. He has a plan for your life. You are not here by accident. You are not here on this Sunday morning by accident. I believe that He wants you to realize He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your business. He has a plan for your home. He has a plan for your family. It is good. Live undeterred. Undeterred by the events of the day that we live in. I'm a I'm a hunter. You said, whoa, there's a left turn right there. <laughs> I'm a hunter. I love to hunt. I love to fish. Grew up doing that with my dad, with my grandpa, my brother, then my friends. I love to, to bow hunt. Um, 
I love to experience the outdoors and all that it has. I, I love to adventure and, and, and be out and all of that. And, and as I was a hunter growing up, uh, one of my, my loves is, as I mentioned, bow hunting. And I, I love the, the thrill of being up in a tree in the freezing cold. I love it! Because I had my coffee before I went out. <laughs> And I know when I get in, I'm going to get some more coffee. And I, I know that as we think about, as I do, a, a bow and an arrow, I, I want you to see this, this next uh, quote. I believe it to be true for, for you and I. And as we, if we could just kind of place our life in place of that arrow. Listen to this. An arrow can only be shot forward by pulling it backwards. When life is dragging you back with difficulty, it means you are about to launch into something great. So just focus and keep aiming. Focus and keep aiming. I remember being up in that tree. I remember as, as I'm even practicing in my backyard and, and I'm practicing and you take this and, and, and you pull that bow and there's such tension. It's hard. It's difficult. And the colder it is, the more difficult it gets. Your arms begin. I see some heads nodding because you've been out. You know what I'm talking about. And it's freezing cold. And as you pull, that arrow is, is being pulled backwards. And once you get it back... You have to aim. You have to focus. And then that arrow, it shoots out like something. It's incredible. And it hits its mark. And it's a beautiful thing. Sometimes you and I encounter difficulties in life. Sometimes we're like that arrow. We're being pulled backwards. We're, we're experiencing setback. We're experiencing some adversity. And I want you to know that God has about to aim and set you loose on your purpose, on your dreams, to see them fulfilled and to move you forward. This picture for me is so powerful of what the Lord does in our lives. Sometimes, as we learned from David, we didn't really talk about David and Goliath. We really talked about his encounter with Saul. But listen to this. Sometimes God will put a Goliath in your life, a setback, a difficulty for you to find the David that lives within you that will slay the giant because the Spirit of God comes upon you and He leads you. Sometimes a Goliath. Sometimes there's a setback. Sometimes there's a difficulty because it's meant for you to rise up, to experience God in all that He has. Listen to this. Joseph felt forsaken and forgotten but rose to the top by trusting God and forgiving those who hurt him. Listen to this. Trust God. And when we trust in God, and when we forgive those who hurt us, it releases a supernatural power of God into our lives, into that situation. Let me repeat that. Trust in God. Forgiving those that hurt us releases a supernatural power of God into our situation, into our hardship, into our difficulty into the trials that we experience. Every single one of those. Joseph overcame in an incredible, incredible way. If we trust God, we will forgive those who hurt us. If we trust God, we will forgive those that hurt us and God will eventually make right here on earth or in a, God will make right. You do not have to take matters into your own hand like David didn't. He let it go. He said, I will not touch the Lord's anointed even though Saul is right before me. He is God's, not mine. I will leave it to him. As he did that, we know as we trust God, forgive those that hurt us, God will eventually make right what has been done to us. Maybe you've been wrongly accused. Maybe you've been treated unjustly. Leave it in the hands of God. Bless those who persecute you. Bless those who do that. Something incredible happens in our life, in our spirit. It releases the supernatural power of God to take us further, to go further, 
Joseph believed that God was in authority over every part of his life. Even the difficult moments. Is he still God in your difficult moments? Is he still God when you encounter a setback, a difficulty, whatever that might be? Joseph's jealous brothers stole his youth from him. They stole his entire youth as they threw him in a pit, as they sold him into slavery. He had an incredible life ahead as he thought, you know, doing what they did and the freedom that he enjoyed. All of a sudden he was a slave. They stole his youth from him. They sold him into slavery, as I mentioned, after considering murdering him. Joseph was then carried off to another nation, only later to be falsely accused and sent to prison. In this chapter that we're looking at, Joseph has been rescued out of prison and now promoted to the second highest position in Egypt. How does that even happen? I'll tell you how. Because he trusted in God. He had forgiveness in his heart and he sought the Lord and he... Only God. Only God. That's how. And now his brothers have shown up needing grain to survive the massive drought that was ahead of them. And in this moment, they didn't even recognize him. They didn't know who they were talking to. They didn't realize that this was their brother. Can I just say, I could think of some really cool things to do in this moment if I was Joseph. Come on, how many of you can think a little carnal with me right now? What, what we might be able to do to these brothers? Anyone else? Is it just me? Okay, Lord, forgive me. I, I... Ooh, you're here. Ooh, let's see what, yeah, this is, you know, that moment, how powerful. Joseph. Joseph responds with grace, with kindness, with empathy, with love, with all wrapped up in forgiveness. Wow. Wow. He says that he could no longer contain his emotion. He had everyone leave the room because he was about to have a meltdown. He, he sent them out. In that moment, in verse 3, Joseph, he reveals his true identity. His true identity, and, 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 and I love, he's quick to reassure them. He's quick to reassure them in that moment. It is I, don't be afraid, come closer. Come closer i got to imagine the terror, the guilt that, that just began to flood those men's hearts and lives as they realized we're standing in front of the man that we sold into slavery. And he says to them, the foundation of Joseph's kindness in this moment is revealed right here in this verse because he credits his life events to God's sovereign plan. Listen to this. He said in verse 5, It was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. And again, But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant, in verse 7, on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Joseph's trust in God, sovereign will, and faithfulness to his promises enabled him to forgive his enemies. To forgive them. It, it became power. I want you to know the power of forgiveness will set you on a comeback trail. It will set your feet on solid ground. It will move you towards God's plan. We can be bitter about those who hurt us or we can say, God, because of what they did, you're going to be glorified and I know you're in control of my life. They are not. They are not. 
No one who hurts me. I am unoffendable. No one who says anything bad about me. Uh uh-uh. uh. I am undaunted. And I will not be deterred by the events of this world. I will rise above because my God is above this day and age that we live in. However you might feel, whatever might be taking place in your home in the climate of the world today, we can live undeterred by the power of God because through Him all things are possible and He is in control of our destiny, not the events of this world. So we stand strong. We choose, like Joseph did in this moment, Joseph's trust in God's sovereign will and faithfulness to his promises, they enabled him to forgive his enemies. Incredible story. I don't have time to tell you all about her, but Corey Tenboom, uh, many of you I'm sure have heard of Corey Tenboom, and, and she says this forgiveness is an act of the will, and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. This is a choice that is made. Many believers become trapped in the idea, Lord, I'm, I'm praying, help me to forgive them. Lord, Lord, help me to have forgiveness. No, no, forgiveness is an act of the will. Our emotions will follow that act many times now sometimes it's out of empathy you know what my heart is i have empathy and i forgive you and i send that many times those who have been deeply hurt deeply wounded and we pray lord help me to have forgiveness so that i can forgive them i want you to try something the the backwards principle of that you choose to forgive and watch your emotions follow that choice that you make Joseph chose to forgive his brothers immediately right there. Boom, there it was. Forgiveness is an act of the will. Regardless of the temperature of the heart, feelings will eventually follow, but the act of forgiveness is a choice. I'd like to invite the the band or the worship team uh, would you please just begin to make your way? And, and if you could just play, play silently. I just want to wrap up with a couple final thoughts. Feelings that we have eventually follow, but the act of forgiveness is a choice. Listen to this thought. Forgiveness happens and can happen at a specific moment in time. Maybe it happens in a prayer. Maybe it happens in verbalizing. The feelings, as I mentioned, will eventually follow that act of forgiveness. We can say, Lord, out of obedience to your word, I choose to forgive so-and-so for what they've done, whatever it is. I release them from that because I know you've already paid the price for me. And out of your forgiveness that I've experienced because I've experienced forgiveness, Out of the experience of forgiveness that I have obtained through you, I, who am I to hold someone else accountable? Because I am a sinner. Any other sinners in the room? Aren't you glad that he forgave you? Lord, it's out of your forgiveness that you first gave me that I can forgive anyone because I was a sinner. And and you didn't have to do that, but you did. You set me free from that. You set me free from that burden. And I believe the Lord calls us much to do in the same way. In fact, I believe that our freedom found through forgiveness will not only benefit us, but it benefits everyone around us. We may never know How God may use our testimony. There are incredibly powerful testimonies of forgiveness. And He uses those to set others free. May we be able to look back and because of our trust in God and our choice to forgive, we can really declare the words, what what the enemy meant for evil, you turned for my good. Joseph could declare that. You meant for evil against me. You meant to murder me. You meant to send me into slavery. But even in your evil, even that deed that took place, God turns it around for good. I believe He wants to turn around some of your situations in life. He wants to turn around your situation and He wants to turn it 
for good. Maybe something difficult has taken place. Maybe you're walking through a trial. Maybe you're, you're, you're constantly uh, experiencing a hardship at, at work, in the workplace. Maybe it's your home and your family. I believe that there's a setback in that moment that is about to be turned into a comeback. And we are going to choose to walk in a comeback because we are going to choose to forgive. We're going to choose, God, I forgive. Forgive that person who hurt me. I will not let them have any more control over my life. By me not forgiving them, by me harboring pain, hurt, bitterness, anger, it doesn't affect them, it affects me, and I don't want that. God, I'm going to trust you that you have my life in your hands. In fact, Timothy Keller says this, the more you rejoice in your own forgiveness, the quicker you will be to forgive others. Can we rejoice in our own forgiveness today? Is there anyone else who feels the the joy that comes from knowing that our Savior Jesus Christ has forgiven us our sin? Wow! Thank you, Jesus. The more that you and I rejoice in our forgiveness, the quicker you and I will be to forgive others. The proud, the, the, the overcoming hurdle that we have to jump over in this moment is sometimes some of us can't forgive others completely because maybe we haven't experienced fully the forgiveness of our Father the experience of forgiveness through Jesus, when we truly understand His grace, we want to share it with others. I want you to know here today that if you walked into this place, if you're carrying a burden, you have sin in your life that is hidden, that you don't think anybody else knows about, that that you've been trying to cover up or hide, it's there and it's deep, but you've just been, I want you to know that Jesus Christ, His grace and His mercy is in this room, in this moment, to wrap His arms of love around you, to say, child, I forgive you, lay it down, I have greatness in store for you. Whatever that might be, All you and I have to do is offer it to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. May we today experience a fresh, powerful dose of His forgiveness in our lives. May I ask across this room, if you're in this room today, and you would desire a fresh dose of the forgiveness of Almighty God in your life like I do. Would you just lift your hands to the Lord right now all across this room. Come on, lift them right where you're at. You want a fresh dose of the Holy Spirit? You want a fresh dose of God? You want a fresh dose of the Heavenly Father's forgiveness in your life? I am telling you, He is here and He is moving and He wants to touch your heart and your life. Father, take our hearts and Lord, in this moment, we ask You, Lord, to forgive us. May we experience Your forgiveness. Lord, in this moment, we turn this entire room into an incredible altar and we sit here in Your presence asking you to forgive us asking you to touch our hearts to release us from the bondage of of hate of hurt of pain maybe even of sin in our lives god take it right now in jesus name as you just remain there i want to talk for just one second to those who might be joining us online If you are listening right now, God loves you, He cares about you, and He wants you to know that He has forgiveness for you. There's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that you have done in the past. There is nothing that will separate us from the love of God. All you have to do is ask Him to forgive you, and He will come to you like a flood. Does anyone in this room agree with that today? How many of you have experienced that love that has come in the midst of our need, in the midst of our desperation? It is there. He is here for you. He's here for you today. 
So in declaration, as we close this service and our time together, I invite every single one of you in this moment, would you just very quietly and reverently just stand to your feet? the Lord's forgiveness we've asked the Lord's blessing on our lives for this comeback journey that we have been on I leave you with these three words that we have really kind of took a a deep dive into not super deep but a, a deep dive into what these words mean and I want you to see them one last time I must be unoffendable I must remain undaunted. I must live undeterred. God, help us to live with patience. Help us to apply obedience to our lives. And help us never to stop or be unwilling to act on what you have us do. Our past will keep us from moving forward. Come on, how many of you know our past is not a place of residence. Our past is a place of reference for where God is taking us. And He is taking us. He is moving. He wants to take your life to new heights. Believe it. So as we close, I want to one more time speak Isaiah 43, 19 over your life. And as I do, I want to invite you to receive it. So would you just go ahead and put yourself in a position to receive right now from the Lord? Come on, let's just receive this from the Lord today. God, I pray as I read this passage of Scripture, I pray that it will be life. I pray that it will be so. I pray that it will empower us, that it will lead us today. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 43, 19, see, I am doing a new thing. Lord, do a new thing in our lives. I speak it over each person in this room that you would do a new thing. God, let it spring up. Even if we don't perceive it or see it, Lord, even though our eyes might not be able to see in this moment, God, may we know it would just begin to spring up in our lives. And your word tells us that you will make a way in the wilderness. God, if there are those who are walking through the wilderness who cannot see, who cannot understand what tomorrow is about to bring, Lord, I pray that it will make a way in their wilderness. And God, that new streams would begin to form in the middle of the wasteland. God, in those dry, arid places, may our hearts be full of You. May our hearts be full of love. May we begin the comeback journey and may it never end. I pray this, I speak this, I declare this over this body today. God, that we would walk in You. In Jesus' name. And Father, I pray right now. Lord, I call upon your name that we would be a people who continue the journey, who continue to walk, who continue to go, who continue to strive, who continue to understand all that you are doing. Even when we can't see it, we know that you are moving in Jesus' name. And everybody here today said, come on, everybody said, let's give the Lord praise today. Come on, let's lift up a shout. Can we do that? Let's declare it before Almighty God. Lord, we glorify your name. Lord, we exalt your name. We glorify you. In Jesus' name, enjoy the rest of your week. Go in the journey of an incredible comeback. Be blessed. Can't wait to see you next Sunday. They're all available at the Welcome Center. Make sure you grab those and be a blessing to someone this week. Be blessed.